Factors delicious, ready-to-eat meals make eating better every day easy. Wherever tomorrow takes you, be ready with pre-prepared, chef-crafted, and dietitian approved meals delivered right to your door. You'll have over 35 different options a week to choose from, including keto, calorie smart, vegan, and veggie, and more. And there's even more to enjoy with over 55 nutrition-packed add-ons that help make your weekly meal planning even more delicious. What are you guys waiting for? Get started today and have a feel-good week of meals ready to go. The options are endless with Factor. Two-minute meals. Fill up fast with Factor's restaurant-quality meals that are ready to heat and eat whenever you are. How about some snacks, some smoothies, and more? Discover a wide variety of easy options for the entire day, like breakfast, midday bites, and more. Sign up and save. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. Factor is also the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, upscale options done easily. And you guys can be very flexible with your schedule. Get as much or as little as you need by choosing 6 to 18 meals per week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. And the most important part, there's no prep. No mess. Factor meals are 100% ready to heat and eat. So there's no prepping. There's no cooking or cleanup that is needed. If that sounds great to you guys, head to factormeals.com slash script 50 and use code script 50 to get 50% off. That's code script 50 at factormeals.com slash script 50 to get 50% off. The legends are true. Overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Why is AEW successful? Why is Tony Khan running his promotion better than Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritchard are running Monday night and Friday night? Long-term booking. guys thank you so very much for joining me right here on off the script this is your friday night smackdown and aew rampage post show for july 1st 2022 i'm your host jd from new york as always coming to you from the ots venue thank you guys so very much for joining me on your friday evenings the start of this fourth of july weekend wherever you may be smackdown tonight man SmackDown tonight didn't really do it for me. SmackDown for me on Friday doesn't do it for me in general on a weekly basis. But tonight, 
My God, man. I, I, I think I feel dumber for watching this show. I really feel dumber for watching this show. I don't even know where to begin. The creative or the maximum male models that everybody is talking about for all of the wrong reasons. I guess we'll start with the creative. WWE has money in the bank on Saturday, tomorrow, tomorrow night. We'll be live. We'll be live from the OTS venue. We'll be doing it big as usual on Saturday night for the pay-per-view with the post-show live stream. There was one man. There was one man that still needed to qualify for the men's money in the bank. The women have all but qualified. They are, they are all done. All we need to do is crown a Miss Money in the Bank this year. So WWE decides on Monday that they do a battle royal to fill in a spot on Monday's Raw where Matt Riddle won the battle royal. Fine. Fine. Last chance battle royal. Every time it's the go-home show, it's a last chance this, last chance gauntlet, last chance uh, battle royal, last chance fatal four-way, last chance triple threat, whatever the case may be. Matt Riddle won a battle royal on Monday. So on Friday, WWE pretty much used the same scripts as they did on Monday, on Friday, and they gave us yet another Battle Royal on Friday Night SmackDown. Now the thing is, this was not just any ordinary Battle Royal. This Battle Royal was for absolutely nothing. This Battle Royal, the winner of this Battle Royal, all they got at the end of the Battle Royal was momentum for their brand. If it was a Raw superstar, they'd get momentum for their brand going into Money in the Bank. Or if SmackDown won it, they'd get momentum for their brand right before Money in the Bank. Who gives you shit about momentum? Why does anybody care about momentum? This is not Survivor Series. No, but when we get to Survivor Series, we got to hear WWE shill the whole concept of Raw vs. SmackDown, the only time per year where Raw vs. SmackDown happens. Brand warfare. Meanwhile, we're watching Money in the Bank take place, and Raw and SmackDown superstars are both vying for the men's and women's Money in the Bank. This whole show was Raw versus SmackDown tonight. So they can't go into November in Boston with the Survivor Series and then tell me it happens only one time per year and that it is only happening at the Survivor Series when I'm going to, you know I will, document the July 1st edition of SmackDown on Fox. And it's happened all year. We've seen Raw on SmackDown. We've seen SmackDown on Raw. Bullshit. The winner of this battle royal gets momentum. Momentum. Everybody in this battle royal was already qualified for the Money in the Bank ladder match. So you mean to tell me that you made a battle royal that wasn't really a last chance battle royal that we saw on Monday, but you just made a battle royal for momentum to put all the guys that have already qualified for the Money in the Bank in this battle royal and then a few others that did not qualify for the Money in the Bank in this battle royal and just do a battle royal for no reason. They did a battle royal for absolutely no reason whatsoever. Ezekiel was in there. The Miz was in there. Madcap Moss was in there. And Baron Corbin was in there. They were the only four guys in this thing 
that we're not in the Money in the Bank ladder match. Everybody else in this Battle Royal has already qualified. So you got Sheamus in there. You got Sami Zayn in there. You got Matt Riddle in there. You got Omos in there. You got Seth Rollins in there. So Baron Corbin ends up winning this Battle Royal. Baron Corbin ends up winning this Battle Royal. He wins nothing. I'm asking myself, what did he win? Did he win a spot in the Money in the Bank ladder match? No, 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 that's not what he won. I got to hear it from Pat McAfee, and I got to hear it from Michael Cole, that he won nothing but momentum. And he's out there, yeah, and he's cheering, and he's jumping off the steps, and he's celebrating. The fuck did you win? You won momentum. What does momentum have to do with winning the Money in the Bank briefcase and being the number one contender for the WWE title? That's not even the end of it. Baron Corbin wins this battle royal. WWE in the middle of the show, right after the first hour has concluded, they book a fatal four-way for the main event of Friday Night SmackDown that consists of Baron Corbin, The Miz, Madcap Moss, and Ezekiel. And the winner of this fatal four-way, you guessed it, gets into the Money in the Bank ladder match. This was won by Madcap Moss. So let me get this straight. Happy Corbin won the Battle Royal. He lasted through all of the people. Nefarious. Nefarious means he was on the outside sleeping and taking a nap and then obviously came in at the last second and the typical WWE Battle Royal ending. But he won it. He outlasted all of the people that did not qualify, and he outlasted all of the people that have already qualified for the Battle Royal. He won a Battle Royal that should have got him qualified for the Money in the Bank ladder match. WWE says, no, you have to beat everybody that you just eliminated in this Battle Royal, and then you'll qualify for the Money in the Bank ladder match. So I ask you fine people of the OTS family, what was the fucking point of the battle royal if Baron Corbin was not going to go on and qualify for the Money in the Bank ladder match by winning the battle royal? Why didn't you just do a mini tournament for the night? Why did we need everybody on the show and everybody in a useless battle royal that got Baron Corbin jack shit. You could have did Miz versus Ezekiel. You could have did, or never mind, never mind. That, that would leave that would leave Moss versus Corbin. And you could have did Baron Corbin versus Ezekiel. You could have did Miz versus Madcap. And the winner of these two matches meets in the main event to qualify for the money in the bank. That's one of the simpler ways to do it. Or how about you don't do the Battle Royal and you just give us the Fatal 4-Way and then book something else on the fucking show? This entire show was written by a fucking circus. None of it made sense. Imagine being Baron Corbin or a fan of Baron Corbin. He wins the Battle Royal, doesn't qualify for the Money in the Bank ladder match, wins this battle royal, gets nothing, and then has to re-qualify for the Money in the Bank ladder match where he should have been already qualified by beating the same fucking guys that he eliminated earlier in the show. On top of that, he eliminated everybody else that was already in the Money in the Bank ladder match. If you guys are scratching your head over this one and you're really dumbfounded by the creative here, 
You ain't the only one, man. You ain't the only one. This shit sucks. MMM. The maximum male models. This was the other big story on tonight's show. After weeks and weeks and weeks of anticipation, we were finally titillated tonight. Maximum male models, L.A. Knight, Max Dupree, whatever the fuck you want to call him. I still call him L.A. Knight. I don't know what the fuck they did with him and what gimmick they straddled him with and what group they made him leader of. Maximum male models debuts tonight. And here I am thinking WWE has no fucking clue who's going to be in this group. Here I am thinking WWE thought outside the box and gave us maybe a returning Tyler Breeze. Maybe they called up Pretty Deadly from NXT 2.0. Max Dupree is out there. And he's in the middle of the ring and he is trying his heart out. He really is. I I can't hate on Eli Drake. I can't. I can't hate on him. I can't. I'm going to call him all three of his fucking names that we know him by. Eli Drake, L.A. Knight, Max Dupree, whatever the fuck you want to call him. Max Dupree, man, L.A. Knight, he's trying his heart out. He really, really, really is. And I can't hate on it like I want to hate on it because he's so fucking good at what he does. Now, I don't know why they gave him this shit gimmick. I don't know why they make him a manager and a spokesperson instead of uh, an in-ring competitor here. But WWE, uh, they don't really value him as an in-ring performer. I don't know why. I thought he was fantastic in NXT. I thought what he did in NXT was really great. You want it to be a heel? He'll get over as a heel, and he'll fucking have you hate him. You make him a babyface, he'll fucking own that shit too, man. They got him as a spokesperson. Any role you give him, he's going to fucking excel at. That's how good he is. They got him in the middle of the ring, and after weeks of anticipation, I said that WWE needs to make a big splash with the maximum male models. It can't be Mace. It can't be Mansoor, like we heard and read about the rumors about Mace and Mansoor joining MMM, right? They worked dark matches. They were working uh, dark matches before SmackDown and what have you. They were getting the group ready for a presentation on the main roster. It can't be Mace, and it can't be Mansoor. Otherwise, this group is going to completely fucking bomb. It is going to fail. And here we are. Smackdown on July 1st, we get MMM, Maximum Male Models, in the ring, and out comes Mace. They renamed him. It's still spelled M-A-C-E, but it's not pronounced Mace. It's pronounced Masse. So we have Marseille come out. He's wearing this button-down, fancy, floral design shirt. He's posing like a fucking model and all this other shit. You got the paparazzi out there snapping their cameras, and he's wearing gold chains, and he's got the glasses on. He's got his hair all styled and looking pretty. And then he steps away. And then he steps away. I'm like, Jesus fucking Christ. What have they done here? And then out comes Mansoor. Out comes Mansoor. 
but his name is not Mansoor. It's spelled the same way that you remember Mansoor being spelled. M-A-N-S-O-O-R. Mansoor. Mansoor's new name is now Mansoir. His new name is now Mansoir. Jesse, Issa said, I love this bullshit. That is a flat out lie. I did not like this shit at all. So we have Marseille and we have Mansoir. Jesse texts me. He says, I turned on SmackDown during this segment. I shut the fucking show off immediately. What the fuck did I just watch? I don't know, bro. I don't know. We got MMM titillating your desires and pleasure or whatever the fuck their slogan is. This is doomed to fail. This is how inept WWE creative is. This is Zoolander 2.0. And fucking LA Knight is playing the role of Ben Stiller in Zoolander. This is what Bruce's this is what Bruce's movie pleasures were all weekend. This is what he this is what he watched to watch and use this as influence for the maximum male models. How can anyone in this company, in their right mind, think that this is going to get over in 2022 when all people want is professional wrestling? As far as I'm concerned, Marseille, Mace, is not going to get the job done in the ring. The last couple of times I've watched him wrestle in the ring, it's been a complete fucking nightmare. Mansoor is great. Mansoor looks fucking great. Have you guys seen the work that man or Mansoir put in? He looks jacked. He looks so jacked, he can't even walk through a doorway by, uh, by normal means. He's got to walk sideways through the doorway. That's how big his shoulders are, man. Holy shit, he's on that Jose Canseco diet. Oh, my goodness. He looks fucking great. So we got Mansoir and, and Marseille. How does anybody expect this to get over in 2022? This is the creative. Are these guys going to, I don't know. I I don't know what's going to happen. Are they going to be a tag team? Are we going to get the maximum male models becoming a tag team and going after the tag team championships? I don't see that being a thing. Not with the Usos running fucking their reign of terror on SmackDown. How does anybody expect this to be over? How does anybody expect this to get over? Do you honestly think the casual fans are going to take to this shit? And next week, they've already promoted that they're going to be sporting the new 2022 tennis collection. That's what they're going to be doing. They're going to be promoting the newest athletic wear on their first week after their debut. I was thinking back to the 1993 Royal Rumble. Bobby the Brain Heenan. He unveiled the narcissist Lex Luger at the 1993 Royal Rumble because he was so upset and hurt that Mr. Perfect ruined their business relationship. And Bobby the Brain Heenan, he felt he was betrayed. So he went out and got the narcissist Lex Luger. And Lex Luger was on the podium. He was having this commentary done by Bobby the Brain Heenan. I I reminded myself of that watching this, but this was a thousand times less uncool than Bobby the Brain in and doing the narcissist Lex Luger and unveiling Lex Luger at the 1993 Royal Rumble. I love that gimmick, man. I thought the narcissist was fucking fantastic. I do. 
This shit sucks. And the funny thing is, it sucks so badly, I could not turn my head away from it, and I found myself weirdly becoming interested in it. That's how bad it was. That's not a good type. That's not a good type of feeling for a pro wrestling show, man. You want to watch and you want to actively watch and enjoy. I'm watching this shit to see how worse it gets, and I'm enjoying the train wreck as it's happening right before my very eyes. I can't hate on it all all the way that I want to. I can't hate on it the way that I want to. Because LA Knight's a part of it. His facial expressions, his mannerisms, the way he cuts a promo, the way he delivers his promo, the way he is in front of the camera, how entertaining he is. I can't hate on it completely because he is a part of it. He is going to try his fucking hardest to get this shit over. I don't think that these two guys are the right guys to pair with L.A. Knight in this group to help him. He's going to help them. What are they going to do to help him? Nobody's going to find this interesting. I already see people complaining about it. They're using all these derogatory words about it. Nobody knew what the fuck they were watching in 2022 when all anybody wants is fucking storyline-driven professional wrestling and long-term booking. Nobody said that we didn't want characters as long as the characters make sense in the story arc that you're trying to tell. How do they expect this is going to get over? And not be criticized. But the fucked up thing is, WWE doesn't even give a shit about what you think. You're talking about it. I'm talking about it. People on social media are talking about it. They don't give a shit if you like it, if you love it, if you fucking hate it, if you shit on it every fucking week. All they give a shit about, and Bruce, this is Bruce Pritchard 101. If you are giving it attention and talking about it, that is all that they want from you. And they deem it a success. That's how they gauge what is great and what sucks. They know it sucks. They know it's a bottom of the barrel fucking shtick. And you're talking about it and I'm talking about it. And every other fucking YouTube content creator that's live right now alongside me is fucking talking about it. And that's all they give a shit about. Bad publicity to them is good publicity. Same thing happened with Logan Paul. How many people shit on that? They don't give a fuck. They just signed Logan Paul to a multi-year WWE deal. He's the most vilified man in all of fucking boxing right now. For one reason or another. They don't give a shit about that. He's one of the most controversial YouTube stars on the platform. They don't give a shit about that. You're talking about him. That's all they want. MMM already deemed a failure. It's already deemed a failure. See what happens. Are they going to wrestle? Are they going to become a tag team? Or are they going to be fucking models for the duration of their run on SmackDown? This will not last past next week. If they're doing a tennis collection wardrobe fucking uh, show next week, that better be it. I need to see you in the ring, and I need to see what these two guys do in the ring against competition. What type of competition? I don't know. There's no fucking tag team division. They've already started off on the wrong foots completely. L.A. Knight, though, I'm going to give him a shot. He's way too good to let this thing fail. He shouldn't be in this position to begin with. But we'll see what happens. AEW Rampage, we got a Royal Rampage Battle Royal, won by Brody King tonight. I thought it was a very enjoyable Battle Royal. 
A little different than what a traditional battle royal is. There was two rings instead of one. And Brody King won the battle royal. He's now the number one contender for John Moxley's interim AEW World Championship. And I have absolutely no problem with that whatsoever. He looked fantastic tonight. He looked believable. And he's the number one contender going up against John Moxley, which poses one very interesting aspect coming out of next week's Dynamite, where this match will be taking place. We could potentially be on the verge of the Blackpool Combat Club and the House of Black. And I think that is something that we've all been wanting for a very, very long time. So we'll see that's hopefully come out of this. And Brody King, man, he looked great tonight. So congrats to him for absolutely killing that battle royal and looking like a standout star in that 20-man battle royal. Young Bucks defended the tag team titles on Rampage tonight. And Tony Storm was in the main event against Nyla Rose. And we will go over all that happened on both of these shows right here on Off The Script. And I thank you guys for joining me on your Friday nights, wherever you may be. I am in New Jersey, so my setup is a little different. I'm working from the office here as opposed to New York, so if the music is kind of cutting in and out, I want you guys to let me know. I tried to fix it today, and I don't know if I rectified it, but let me know if the music is all right, because I do love the music. It's a great part of the show, and it's a great part, a very important part of the Super Chats. So let me know if you guys have any problems on your end with the music. I think I fixed it, but let me know. I'm not really sure. Thank you for all the support, man. We just hit 41,000 followers on Twitter. We just hit 134,000 on YouTube. Thank you guys very, very much for all of your support. I uploaded an extra today. Uploaded a podcast. Talked about the Logan Paul situation. Talked about EO Shirai possibly on her way out of the company as well as a few other news and notes from the news in the world of pro wrestling tonight. Go check that stuff out. Uploaded it earlier around 3 o'clock today. It is live on the homepage. If you missed it, go check it out. Also, go check out the AEW Dynamite post show. It was without Jesse. I was solo on Wednesday night. We talked about blood and guts, what I thought was the best TV main event all year in pro wrestling for 2022. If you missed my Monday Night Raw post show as well, and everything from Chicago, where I was live at Forbidden Door, all that stuff is on the homepage. Go and check it out. Hit that thumbs up, guys. I see 513 likes in the chat. I need a thousand minimum in the OTS venue. Speaking of the OTS venue, I got what probably is the final, the final finishing touches of the OTS beer garden, man. And when I tell you, it is the nicest graphic that anyone has ever used on this platform, including Dr. Disrespect, I am not kidding you. This thing is going to blow you away, the inside and the outside. I can't wait. I may actually have it for money in the bank tomorrow. I'm crossing my fingers on that one. I may have it. For money in the bank if not it looks like ladies and gentlemen we will be driving to the ots beer garden for the rest of the summer i can't wait 
Make sure you guys follow me on social media, at JD from NY206. Super chats are open. Get them on in. We'll hang out. We'll drink our cold beverages at the end of the show. Join the VIP club. Hit that channel button, that join button down below. Become a channel member. Become a VIP right here on Off The Script. Tonight's show sponsored by Manscaped. Manscaped.com. You guys are going to use code SCRIPT20 at checkout. 20% off and free shipping. Courtesy of Manscaped. We'll talk about my friends over at Manscaped a little bit later on in the show. And make sure you guys go and get your t-shirts, man. Bonfire.com, the exclusive home of OTS. Before I get into the SmackDown coverage, man, I want to say something here. Uh, A little bit uh, of an important situation going on here. I have a big mouth. I have a big mouth. Sometimes I don't know how much of a big mouth I have. And sometimes people agree with me. Sometimes my my big mouth gets me into a lot of trouble. I said something today to just Alex online, and he's another content creator in the community, and I had posted something just to kind of make light of. um, It was kind of silly. Uh, Fuego Del Sol was on Twitter, and I seen his tweet. Well, I didn't really see his tweet, but I seen his tweet And I clicked on it, and I realized that Fuego Del Sol had blocked me on social media. I I joked around with my followers on Twitter. Why? You know, what did I say about Fuego? Fuego's not even on Dynamite. I don't even watch Dark, so what did I say about Fuego? I didn't really say anything about Fuego. I don't know. Maybe he got mad at me because uh, I enjoyed Malachi beating him up. I don't know. So we went back and forth with which professional wrestlers blocked us. And, I mean, who doesn't have me blocked at this point? But the thing is, I said something to, to Alex that I should have never divulged publicly and I should have never said publicly because it was a subject that was a private matter between two very important people to me and it was a private matter to Malachi's wife, Zelina Vega, Thea. And I said something that made her look bad and that was never my intention. I said something that made the people who told me and trusted me with the conversation, I made them look bad. It's never my intention to make anybody look bad. It's never my intention to make someone like Thea look mad or look bad and be mad because she is actually House of Glory family. And I did not mean to have it come off that way. I have absolutely no problem with with Zelina. I have no problem with her whatsoever. I do get a little feisty on my show. I do get a little little out there. And I said things during her contract negotiations that I was very adamant about because I actually care about her and her well-being, knowing who she's associated with and because I'm a fan of what she does. So if I got a a little testy and a little... A little out there, I apologize for anything that I said that may have sounded off. And I apologize for the situation that I brought to Alex's attention today because it was never meant to be aired on a public platform. And I know Twitter is a fucking cesspool, and I know she probably deals with bullshit on a daily basis, and I only added to that bullshit today. And I did not mean for her social media day to be worse than what it usually is. 
And I did not mean to have fans go over there and, and say whatever they said to her on a public platform. And I didn't mean to oust her on social media the way that I did. It was a situation that I own completely. And it was in a moment in which I was not thinking. Sometimes we all go through it. Sometimes I say shit and I don't think before I hit that fucking send button. And I genuinely apologize if it upset her and it upset anybody that's told me in the beginnings about this conversation. Uh, If it upset anybody that I'm close with, I'm sorry. Um, If it upset Malachi, I'm sorry. And you will not be hearing me air out any more grievances like that in any which way on social media. Before I think about what I have to send, I'm going to think about what I have to send. There's no I in team, but there is one in Indeed. And that's the hiring platform that you need to build yours. When you're hiring, you need Indeed. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because Indeed does the hard work for you. They show you the candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your description immediately after you post so you can hire faster. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash sports. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash sports. That's Indeed.com slash sports. And support the show by saying that you heard it on this podcast. Indeed.com slash sports. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And I'm not going to say anything in regards to her and any situation from this point on. So from me to you and everybody involved here, I apologize. And I did not mean to get everybody riled up with something and this, this juicy dirt that should have never been aired to begin with. I take great pride in what I do. And the doors of House of Glory are open to everybody. And I never want anybody to walk into the doors and feel uncomfortable about walking into House of Glory because of things that I said or with me just being there. I am who I am on here. I have no regrets about that. I've got a great audience here. Sometimes I get a little carried away. It's never meant to be ill-willed, okay? So from me to you and to Thea, because I know she's going to be listening to this, I apologize, and that's all I have to say in regards to that situation. And it will never happen again, and I own the entire situation, me, I own it all. So don't worry about that. And I apologize for everything that I said. Moving on. Now that we got that, now that we got that out of the way, I apologize for uh, any, uh, any miscommunication and any, uh, anything that uh, I had said that should not have been said. Let's get on to SmackDown. Let's talk about SmackDown. Money in the Bank, go home show. We have Money in the Bank this Saturday. I will be live on Saturday night with Money in the Bank. And we got SmackDown starting off in the very stereotypical way WWE starts off their show. We got everybody sitting on ladders. We got everybody bickering back and forth about why they should win Money in the Bank. And Seth, he introduced the show on top of a ladder. Seth is speaking from top of the ladder. And everyone's in the ring. Drew interrupted him and said, don't speak for him. 
Riddle agreed. Seth said whoever, whoever wins this contract tomorrow, they can all agree to the best place to cash in. The Money in the Bank contract will be at SummerSlam after Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar beat each other up. It's like taking candy from a baby, he said. Riddle interrupted and said when he cashes in, he can finally defeat that dirtbag Roman. Sammy said that's not going to happen. He said he will be sure the contract lands within the bloodline and thus stay safe from all the vultures. MVP chimed in and said nobody seems to notice that they're standing next to a giant. He said Las Vegas and the Las Vegas odds say that Omos is the odds-on favorite to win the money in the bank. Sheamus says he's already won the contract once before and cashed in on Roman Reigns, but it's okay with him if he cashes in on Lesnar. Drew says he's defeated Lesnar in five minutes, and he'll beat all of them when he wins the Money in the Bank ladder match. So this is where The Miz comes out. Miz is a Monday Night Raw superstar. Miz is out there claiming he deserves to be the final participant and a participant in general in the Money in the Bank ladder match. Miz walked out and asked Drew if he remembered the last time he cashed in the contract. He did it against Drew. He said he deserves to be in the match. Ezekiel. And his theme music hits. Ezekiel comes out. He said he deserves to be in the Money in the Bank ladder match. He's Elias' younger brother. That's all he said. Happy Corbin comes out. His theme music plays. He comes out and states his case. He says Ezekiel is as dumb as his buffoon brother. He said nobody is as lucky as him in Las Vegas, so he deserves that last spot. Not really the type of case you should be making to be in Money in the Bank. But that's Happy Corbin, a dummy. Mad Cat Moss, his theme music hits. He comes on out with a microphone. He interrupts everybody. He walked out and said, the thought of Corbin dropping the contract again is hysterical. He said he's there to step up and take that last spot. They all began bickering. The guys who are not in the match began bickering with the guys who are in the match and sitting on top of the ladders. Adam Pierce walks out and says that there will be a battle royal And that will determine the last entrant. That's what I thought I heard. That's what I thought I heard. He says he wants to relieve this arguing because they're going to have a battle royal to determine the last entrant. I get the visual that they're going for. They do it every single year. They do it every single year. Ladders in the ring on the go-home show. Everybody's sitting on top of the ladders bickering amongst themselves why they should win the Money in the Bank contract. But WWE is so stuck in their ways, they don't really see how lame it looks. We get what a ladder match is. We know what a ladder match is. And I don't really understand the visual or the need to sell that visual when we know what the Money in the Bank ladder match and what the ladder match itself is. I don't get it. I don't really understand it. On top of that, WWE, every single time they try and sell you on something, and this happens pretty much on a weekly basis, we get people bickering in the ring. Out comes wrestler A with their theme music. They interrupt a promo. Out comes wrestler B. Their theme music goes off. Out. They come and cut a promo. Wrestler C's theme music hits. They cut a promo. Wrestler D comes out. They hit the theme music, and they come on out and interrupt a promo, and that all leads to a fucking match. The, 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 sim- the simplistic way of WWE doing what they do and, and the fucking half-assed way at it, it is so lame. 
It happens every single week. And it's usually just amped up during these go-home shows. It's lazy. Everything about it is lazy. The visual of the money in the bank is lazy. The opening segment is lazy. The battle royal is lazy. Seeing that we just saw one on Monday night. We just saw battle royal on Monday night. Why? Why do we need another battle royal on Friday after we saw one on Monday? Then I have people seeing, I see people on my Twitter wall, on my Twitter timeline, complaining that AEW has done too many battle royals. Are you watching both shows? Are you watching Raw and watching SmackDown? Why is it AEW has too many battle royals, but WWE has two this week alone? But nothing is said about them. There could have been other ways to go about getting the last man to qualify for the money in the bank. We did not need everybody that's qualified in this battle royal. We did not need a a battle royal in general. We did not need the four men who are trying to qualify to be in this battle royal, only to get eliminated, one of them being Baron Corbin, who won the fucking battle royal, and still, when winning the battle royal, does not qualify for the money in the bank. Baron Corbin looks like a loser. Baron Corbin looks like a schmuck. He looks like a pushover. So Baron Corbin wins this battle royal. Not going to go over what was the battle royal or who was doing what in the battle royal. The battle royal lasted 15 minutes. Omos, he eliminated a couple of guys. Everybody that was trying to qualify was eliminated predominantly by Omos. Moss got eliminated. Ezekiel got eliminated. Miz got eliminated. Baron Corbin was the only one left in there out of all the guys that did not qualify for the money in the bank. He was one of the final two or three guys in this battle royal. Drew was in there with Sheamus. He avoided a bro kick, landed a headbutt, and then some belly-to-belly tosses. Drew delivered a future shock DDT and then pounded the mat. Cole said many see him as the favorite to win the money in the bank contract. I could see Drew McIntyre winning, and I don't think he is going to win it. I see Seth Rollins or Matt Riddle winning the Money in the Bank contract. You can make a case for both creatively for both Seth and Matt Riddle winning the Money in the Bank. I don't know who's going to win it. I gave you cases for both. The most important thing is the WWE title needs to be taken back to Monday Night Raw. It needs to come off Roman and it needs to go back to Monday Night Raw. Whatever they do, whoever wins it, cashes in at SummerSlam. We need that WWE title back in the main event scene of Monday Night Raw. So Drew ducked a Sammy clothesline, connected with a Claymore on Sammy before eliminating him. Corbin then dumped both Drew and Sheamus over the top rope because they thought they were the only two left in the ring and they were tussling by the ropes. In comes Baron Corbin, dumps them both over the top rope. He's celebrating as if he won the WWE Championship. Baron Corbin won nothing. Here I am thinking that Baron Corbin qualified for money in the bank. Great. Great. I don't mind Corbin being in there. He's not going to win it anyway. And he knows the money in the bank ladder match pretty well. Put him in there. Whatever. He won nothing. Got to hear it on commentary that Baron Corbin won momentum for SmackDown. Who gives a fuck about momentum? Nobody gives a fuck about momentum while you're fighting over the number one contendership for the WWE Championship or the Universal Championship. Momentum. When has WWE ever given a shit? When have the fans ever given a shit about momentum? Sometimes I sit here and I listen to this shit. I'm like, 
They think that people give a shit about the brand split when in actuality, they don't give a shit about the brand split because everybody watching this shit knows the WWE themselves doesn't give a shit about the brand split. Momentum. What momentum? Anybody that wins this thing is not taking momentum back to Monday Night Raw or back to Friday Night SmackDown. Momentum is just WWE's way of telling you that we needed to fill 20 minutes of TV time, so that's what we did. We made a battle royal that didn't make any sense, and we put momentum on the line. So when Survivor Series comes around, is it going to be momentum? Is it going to be Raw and SmackDown trying to gain momentum coming out of the Survivor Series? There is no brand rivalry. None. WWE not once has played up that Raw has a problem with SmackDown and SmackDown has a problem with Raw. But here we are, momentum for Raw and SmackDown. Meanwhile, momentum gets you jack shit and Baron Corbin should have already been included in the Money in the Bank ladder match. But he stands there like a fucking idiot, throwing his hands in the air, celebrating as if he won the fucking World Series. And then he gets put in a fatal four-way match that he loses and doesn't qualify for the Money in the Bank after winning this fucking Battle Royal, a Battle Royal where he eliminated two guys that were already qualified and everybody else that tried to qualify for this ladder match. He doesn't get in. If I'm Baron Corbin, I'm making a case to Adam Pearce to get me in that fucking ladder match, man. That is a, that is fucking creative malpractice right there. I don't know how any of this shit made the final draft of the script. I don't. Does nobody think? It's almost as if they threw this shit on the show within the fucking last couple of minutes. None of it was thought about. Just put it out there. Fill 20 minutes of TV time. I don't give a shit. I want to get on my private jet and fly to Las Vegas and get ready for the fucking pay-per-view tomorrow. That's what it felt like to me. That's what it felt like to me. Shit was lame. Battle Royal didn't need to happen. Baron Corbin won it. He should be in the money in the bank. Gets put in a fatal four-way, loses, and doesn't qualify for money in the bank. Who writes this shit? Who writes this shit? Corbin was gloating backstage that he won. He won momentum. Caleb Braxton asked him how he feels about Pat McAfee challenging him to a match. Corbin's mood changed and he looked upset. He looked scared. He looked terrified. We're getting Corbin versus Pat McAfee at SummerSlam. I hope you know. It's all but confirmed. Megan Morant interviewed Natalia backstage. Natalia said that she's seen the movies that Ronda's made and she understands why Hollywood isn't knocking her door down anytime soon. She said Ronda's made a lot of snide comments, but she sees nothing but fear in her eyes. I know that the sharpshooter hurt her and I know she's not 100% physically able right now, which is why she's lashing out at me like a child. She said she won't let Rousey get to her. She said instead she's going to make Ronda Rousey tap out and become a two-time SmackDown Women's Champion. She said all Rousey will have left is to hold her 10-month-old baby. Does anybody care about this women's title match? I know I don't. I know I don't. I don't think anybody gives a shit about this. It's going to be very interesting, though, going into SummerSlam Nissan Stadium, SummerSlam, 50, 60,000 or so people. What Ronda Rousey is going to be doing on the card. Does WWE miraculously bring back Sasha Banks and have Sasha versus Ronda at SummerSlam? Does WWE bring back Bayley? And does Bayley take the title from Ronda Rousey 
at SummerSlam? Or does WWE go, and this is what I've talked about on Monday, and I don't know if anybody else in the community has kind of picked up on this. SummerSlam is actually the unofficial night three of WrestleMania. Everything that they are doing and every way that they're booking this show is the same way that they booked WrestleMania 38. It is basically WrestleMania 38 all over again because they are in no better place than they were back in March and April. So I would not, I would not be shocked if we see Ronda versus Charlotte again at SummerSlam. And I know, I know, I don't want to see it just as much as you guys don't want to see it. But I don't think WWE is going in any other direction but the direction that they know. Same old shit. So we may get, we may get Brock versus Roman, and we may get Ronda versus Charlotte at, at uh, I was going to call it WrestleMania. It's basically WrestleMania. Brock versus Roman and Charlotte versus Ronda at SummerSlam. Unbelievable. Pat McAfee's got a match just like he had a match against Austin Theory at WrestleMania. He's got a match against Baron Corbin. Logan Paul just signed the multi-year deal with WWE. He will inevitably be at SummerSlam in a tag team match with The Miz or going one-on-one with The Miz. It's basically WrestleMania all over again. It's basically WrestleMania all over again. I don't know how anybody has not picked up on that. And I don't know how, if you did pick up, uh, pick up on it, why it doesn't bother you. I think it's fucking pathetic. I really do. And it goes to show you that WWE right now, where they are, their roster problems are fucking a lot worse than we really are seeing right now. New Day. They made their ring entrance. McAfee is out there talking about Natalia and Ronda Rousey, indicating that it could get ugly at Money in the Bank. That's the only way the match is going to be good if it's a downright fucking slugfest. These women absolutely brutalize each other. Other than that, I can't seem to bring myself to care about Ronda and Natalia. So they go over Jinder Mahal and Shanky and them kind of getting upset with each other and Shanky being in there and dancing with the New Day. New Day is in the center of the ring. They are cutting a promo and Kofi Kingston said it was June, but Xavier Woods corrected him and said, no, it's not, it's July. And then Kofi says, you're Julian. Some lame uh, attempts at comedy here by The New Day. Not really overly funny at all. Since Xavier and Kofi are in the ring, obviously we know that last week they got beat up by the Viking Raiders. The new and vicious Viking Raiders. So new that nobody realized that they were on the main roster for the last three and a half years coming up from NXT. So new that nobody realized they were even still a part of the fucking SmackDown brand because they were so new that they went to NXT for two weeks to get jobbed out to the Creed Brothers only to be brought back. And now wear eyeliner and carry shields and have Viking helmets and have new theme music. The new and vicious Viking Raiders. Unbelievable. So, Xavier... He's out there talking about the Viking Raiders. They're talking about Shanky. What a fun time it was until the Viking Raiders came out and beat them up. And Xavier says they need to get dangerous too. Kofi called the Raiders to the ring. Their music plays. They were introduced as the new and vicious Viking Raiders. Lame. They brought shields to the ring. And they looked all business, says the commentary team. 
Xavier offered a mic to Ivar. He knocked it down, and the New Day attacked them. They were supposed to have a tag team match. The match never got started, and they brawled. The Viking Raiders got the better of the New Day and smashed them into the ground with their big shields. Started beating them up with their big shields. Then they double power bombed the New Day and then stacked Xavier on top of Kofi Kingston. This shit is going to get over like a fart in fucking church on Sunday morning. Seriously. Nobody gives a shit. They're not new. They were always vicious. Vicious anyway on the Triple H's watch. I don't know about fucking Bruce Pritchard and Vince McMahon's version of the Viking Raiders. But they're not new. And they're not vicious. All because you put black eyeliner on them and pretend that they're some fucking Viking death metal band. I don't give a shit how new and vicious they are. It looks lame. It looks fucking lame. They come out wearing these goofy outfits. They come out wearing fucking shields as if they were just fucking influenced by the Legend of Zelda. Do, 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 do. They found the Hylian shield. Oh my God, they come out looking like fucking dumbasses. How to make the Viking Raiders worse than what the Viking Raiders were and how to make the Viking Raiders look terribly uncool. Bruce Pritchard, 101. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. The only thing that's vicious is this fucking writing on Friday night. It is fucking downright awful. New? WWE doesn't know the the definition of the word new. Just watch Monday and Friday night. They haven't changed anything on their shows in in the last 25 years. And I would not expect them to fucking begin now. Raquel Rodriguez. <laughs> Smiley Raquel Rodriguez. Gonzalez. Shotzi. And Lacey Evans versus Liv Morgan, Oscar, and Alexa Bliss. You know, the one time a year where SmackDown and Raw do battles, the Survivor Series, right? I'm going to reference this match right here. This is basically Raw versus SmackDown on Friday Night SmackDown. So... This match went 13 minutes. Becky Lynch is on commentary. God help our fucking eardrums. So we got this match on commentary with Becky Lynch there. And uh, this was, I mean, this is what it was, man. Momentum. It's all about momentum. Who's got the momentum going into the money in the bank pay-per-view? SmackDown had an advantage here. They isolated Asuka. In their corner, they beat her down. Rodriguez went for a Tahana bomb. But Asuka escaped, tagged out. Rodriguez then was going at it with Bliss and smiling. <laughs> smiling all the way with Alexa Bliss, man. Trying to, trying to outmaneuver Alexa Bliss in the ring. She's there smiling, man. Just getting her laugh on. So she's out there and she backed Bliss into the corner. Hit a splash. She followed up with a big clothesline. Morgan and Bliss then worked together against Rodriguez. Because you know they're going to make them a tag team. You know that WWE is going to give the tag team. If they come back with the tag team titles, you know, you know Liv Morgan and Alexa Bliss are going to be tag team champions. Mark it. I called it right here. So, Morgan and Bliss are working together. Morgan caught Rodriguez with a hurricanrana. Rodriguez fought back and dropped Morgan face first. Shotzi tagged in and kept Morgan on their side of the ring. Morgan fought back. Shotzi rolled out. Shotzi and Evans were arguing at ringside because money in the bank. Morgan took advantage of a suicide dive. Bliss followed up with a cannonball off the apron. Ooh, Alexa Bliss jumping off the apron. Oh, my God, man. Let's get risky. 
Back from break here. We got a small commercial break. Back from break. Rodriguez picked up Bliss. Shotzi tagged herself in. She tripped Rodriguez. <laughs> Smiley Raquel being tripped up. Landed on top of Bliss. Shotzi took over and cut Bliss off in her corner. Bliss fought back, attempted a sunset flip. Shotzi rolled through into a Boston Crab. Asuka got a hot tag. She knocked Evans off the apron. She went for the ankle lock, hit a German suplex. Morgan hit the recoil. It's a ricochet move on Shotzi. She got a near fall. Evans took out Bliss with the woman's right. Asuka took out Evans with a backfish. Shotzi took out Asuka. And then Morgan took advantage of Shotzi because she was playing stupid. Took advantage of Shotzi and hit Oblivion for the win. At the end of the match, Becky Lynch got in the ring because she was on commentary. My little precious, the little Hobbitses, she was talking about on commentary. And uh, she came in and gave a manhandle slam to Asuka and then immediately rolled out of the ring. I don't know what you guys expected from me and this match, but it was just there. Momentum. Momentum. Liv Morgan has the momentum going into a match that she will not win. I would be floored if Liv Morgan or Raquel Rodriguez (laughs) Gonzalez wins this match. This match was tailor-made for Becky Lynch. This match, was t- this match was basically booked this year for Becky Lynch. Seth Rollins will win men's money in the bank, and Becky Lynch will win women's money in the bank. They will be Miss and Mrs., uh, Mr. and Mrs. Money in the Bank. That's exactly what's going to happen. Mark my words. I would be shocked if that's not the ending scene of Money in the Bank. Sonya Deville, she approached Adam Pearce and complained to Adam Pearce once again. So, she wanted to talk about what happened last week. She told Pearce... What he did wrong, she said she heard. He took flack from upper management because she filed a formal complaint against him. She said what he did was wrong, but she's about to do wrong as well. Or what she was about to do was wrong too. She slapped, pierced, and left the building. I don't know what they're doing. Are they building to a match with Adam Pierce and Sony Deville? I don't get it. What are they doing here with her? I don't really understand it. Usos made their way to the ring. They have a little uh, debate set up here with Caleb Braxton moderating it. Caleb moderated a debate between the Street Profits and the Usos. Jay says that they are not fearful of the Street Profits because the bloodline is running all the shows. Apparently, they had questions sent in from the uh, WWE Universe, and the Usos claim that the WWE Universe asks shitty questions. So that's what happened there. They run all the shows. Montez Ford said Roman, run, Roman Reigns runs the whole damn show. Angela Dawkins said the Usos just run to the store. I did not laugh at the lame comedy. Usos got upset, and they got upset at his little uh, non-funny one-liner. Kayla's next question was aimed at the Street Profits here, asking them about losing their killer instinct and rumors that they are not getting along. So Montez Ford says, hey, Kayla, where'd you hear that rumor from? The dirt sheets? Probably. Probably. So you got to throw that one in there because, you know, WWE doesn't like the dirt sheets at all. They loathe the dirt sheets. Ford says they have killer instinct when they get in the ring with the Usos. Ford said their legacy comes to an end on Saturday night and the era of the Street Profits begins. Jay told Montez to be careful about 
what he says about his family legacy. Jimmy mockingly said the Street Profits are going to be tag team champions. He says they aren't like them, but the Usos want the smoke. Dawkins then repeated that they will become the money in, uh, or they will become the tag team champions at Money in the Bank because the Usos are the twos and the Street Profits are the ones. I actually enjoyed this. I thought this was great. Usos are always great on the microphone, and I've always said the same thing about the Usos. When the Usos speak, they usually command your attention. I do. And I wish they had more competition because everybody says the same thing about the Usos, man. They're one of the best tag teams in the world, and they don't have enough competition to really prove themselves to be right when that statement is made. Yeah, you got your body of work. Yeah, you got your bloodline. Yeah, you got your... Your, your Roman Reigns affiliation and your tag team championships, but this Uso run has been demoralizing. To watch them, to watch them in singles matches lose every other week, to have this division just completely void of competition for them. I can't sit here and tell you the Usos have a great reign, 300 and something days, tag team title reign. What does it mean? It means nothing. They have no competition, and WWE is not even in any way, shape, or form giving them competition or helping the division get better or building teams up to really be the next in line for the Usos. It's the Street Profits, and then that's it. RK-Bro was there. That was it. When RK-Bro went down, it was the Street Profits, and that was it. Who else is there? The New Day? The Viking Raiders? Can't be the Viking Raiders. They're a heel team now. The new and vicious Viking Raiders. Yeah, right. Sure thing. Alpha Academy, they're losers. WWE could have a solid tag team division if they so cho- if they so cho- uh, choose to have a tag team division, but they choose not to. They choose to do everything to actively avoid helping the tag team division and building it better. But this debate was great. Montez came off like a star here. To me, Montez came off more as a star here than any other time He's been in the ring. His promo ability to get everybody on his side and get the crowd riled up and for him is tremendous. He looks great, too. He put on a lot of muscle. Montez Ford. Angelo Dawkins better be worried. And I don't mean relatively soon, but Montez Ford is going to be a breakout singles guy, and Angelo Dawkins is going to be left in the dust. He will be genetted, and that's going to suck because they are a great tag team. But clearly, WWE always saw all their tag teams, most of them anyway, as the same way that they look at the Street Profits. If they are able to break them up, there is always one Shawn Michaels and there is always one Marty Jannetty. Montez Ford is obviously the Shawn Michaels of his tag team and Angelo Dawkins is going to be Jannetty. And that sucks. You just see it. You feel it. I don't want it to happen. But Montez has everything that you want. As far as a main roster solo competitor, he's got the look, he's got the promo, he's very good in the ring, he's built himself now up to look the part. I'm telling you, man, I give the Street Profits another year, year and a half, two max. I'd be shocked if it goes another two years. They're going to pull Montez from the Street Profits and he's going to be a solo competitor on Monday night or Friday night. Mark my words. Moving on. The match itself, though. At Money in the Bank, it should be great. I don't, I don't, I don't have any interest in anything on this show outside who wins the Money in the Bank briefcases for the men and women. But the tag team match is probably the match I'm looking forward to. 
not because of the story and not because of the build, but because of how good the tag teams are, how good the Usos are, how good the Street Profits are. It's going to be a great match. I don't expect the Usos to lose, because why would they lose? If Roman's not on the show and he still holds both championships, I can't see the Usos losing both of those championships if Roman is not even in the building. The bloodline would not really be the bloodline, and the story of the bloodline would not be the story of the bloodline if the Usos lost those tag team championships. Now, who they lose those tag team championships against, I don't know. I pitched Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn at SummerSlam. We'll see what happens. Moving on. We got the maximum male models. Max Dupree was out there. Spotlight on him. He introduced his first wrestler, who he said used to be known as Mace. But now he's found his love in fashion, and now he's Marseille. Mace walked out. He was on a runway with black pants and a floral, floral uh, patterned shirt. Dupree said, maximum male models is about symmetry and masculinity. Dupree touted his body dimensions with descriptive words. He worked his way from his shoulders to his hips, and he was showing off his ankles and his quads and his ass and posing in all these different ways. Pat McAfee and Michael Cole made this segment digestible. They were great on commentary here. Michael Cole with his one-liners, well, that was certainly something. Dupree then introduced Mansoor. He is now Mansoir. Well, Mansoir walked out. McAfee said he looked like Michael Hayes from the, he, he looked like Michael Hayes from the 50s all the way through now. He wore a fanny pack around his neck, over his chest. He had sunglasses and skinny pants on, showing some of his ankle. Dupree says he's known as the heartthrob of the fashion world. He says he's the personification of suave. He touted him for his charisma. Dupree said others will be clamoring to join his agency, but don't bother unless you have the qualifications of Marseille and Mansoir. So McAfee was over the top in these segments. He was just making one-liners left and right. Dupree said, they are in the WWE to titillate the juices of your guilty pleasures. And Max Dupree, with a very sinister smile, said, thank you. McAfee said, no, thank you. And Michael Cole asked Pat McAfee, Pat, are you titillated? And then Pat McAfee says, Michael, I've never been more titillated in my entire life after watching that segment. They made the segment. L.A. Knight made the segment. Michael Cole and Pat McAfee made the worst of this egregious maximum male models bullshit. Mansoir and Marseille. Yeah, that's really going to be on a WrestleMania billboard for years to come. They've already doomed these guys to catering. They've already been banished to catering. Now they just look good walking there. Miz versus Ezekiel versus Happy Corbin versus Madcap Moss. This was a fatal four-way to determine the last qualifier for the Money in the Bank ladder match for the men. It's fine. Match was fine. Uh, I was hoping that uh, anybody wins this match but the Miz. Nobody wants to see the Miz in a Money in the Bank. He doesn't need Money in the Bank. He doesn't need to be there. Madcap Moss is going to Money in the Bank. That would be a great opportunity for him, and I'm happy he got it. So, all four guys are in the ring. Bell rings. They trade shots back and forth. 
Ezekiel gives Moss a sunset flip. Moss gave Miz a German suplex simultaneously. Looked nice. Ezekiel and Moss went back and forth until the heels teamed up. Corbin took over after pushing Moss into the steps. He then gave Miz a back suplex on the apron. Corbin turned his attention to Ezekiel, gave him a choke slam on the announce desk, and him and McAfee got into it a little bit with a brief stare down. So Moss was in control. During the break, there was a Tower of Doom suplex spot, typical in these multi-man matches. Moss hit the punchline, his finishing move on Corbin. Ezekiel broke up the pin. Ezekiel went for a crossbody on Moss. Moss rolled through, hit a fallaway slam, looked great. I am a big fan of Matt Cat Moss. Miz then hit a running knee on Moss for a near fall. Miz hit the it kicks on Moss and Ezekiel. Corbin hit the deep six on Miz for a very close near fall. Ezekiel recovered, took it to Corbin with a jumping knee. He followed up with a spine buster on Moss. Miz all of a sudden comes back, skull crushing finale on Ezekiel. Corbin pulled him out of the ring. Corbin hit the end of days on Ezekiel. He had the match won. Moss jumped in, threw Corbin to the outside, into the ring post, and then he covered Ezekiel for the one, two, three. Matt Cat Moss is going to Money in the Bank, and he is the final man to qualify for the Money in the Bank ladder match. I don't mind it. Out of all the guys in that match, Corbin should have really been there, and I've been advocating for Corbin to be in there after what they did to him tonight and the disrespect that they showed him creatively, man. They made Baron Corbin look like a complete fucking loser. Now, I know they're building towards this Corbin versus McAfee match, but that doesn't mean you give Baron Corbin the absolute drizzling shits of creative to work with tonight. He won a battle royal the way that he did with everybody involved in this fucking ladder match tomorrow, including the qualifiers that he wrestled tonight, and he won the match only to have to go into a fatal four-way and win it again to get into a match he should have already qualified for. I don't get it. Miz, nobody wants to see Miz in there. Miz is one of the most boring wrestlers in the entire industry. Ezekiel, I don't know how anybody finds Ezekiel to be entertaining. He's entertaining with Owens. Owens should have been in the Money in the Bank. He's not medically cleared, whatever the fuck that means. Don't know what happened to him. But it was supposed to be either Owens or Ezekiel with probably Owens getting the nod and going to Money in the Bank. So if it came down to any one of these four guys, the right guy won here. Madcap Moss won it, and that's a good spot for him. That's a showcase match. He'll be in there with some of the biggest names on the WWE roster. Riddle and Rollins and McIntyre, not Omos. It's a good spot for him. Riddick Moss is somebody that I hope WWE continues to get behind because God only knows they need some nice fucking talent up at the top of the car. They need to start building talent for their shows. And Madcap falls right into that category. So whatever they are doing, I hope they continue doing it, and I hope he has a great showcase at the Money in the Bank pay-per-view on Saturday night. Guys, we are going to talk about Rampage. We're going to talk about Rampage in just a second. We got 1,900 people in here. Plus, thank you so very much, guys. 700 likes. I need 300 more, guys. 300 more likes for 1,000 minimum is the goal. Super Chats are open. Get them on in. We're going to hang out at the end of the show. Memberships are open. Get them on in. Hit that join button down below. Become a channel member. Become an OTS VIP and sit right back there with me, man. Cold beverages are on me, on the house, for every new member that joins the OTS VIP club. 
Follow me on social media, at JD from NY206. That's Twitter and Instagram. Now on TikTok, also on Cameo. Thank you guys very much. I got some cameos to fulfill this weekend. Thank you guys very much for all of your support. You guys are killing it over there on Cameo, man. Happy to be a great partner with Cameo, man. Love you guys. Tonight's show is sponsored by Manscaped. Manscaped.com. Yeah, I'm talking to you guys, man. I know you got Bush. I know you definitely do, man. If you haven't tried the best products from our sponsor today, I know you do. Manscaped. Taking control of your Bush is very important. These products are so good, you're going to be showing pride in your new Bush-free yard. It's a fact that you will have the best-kept nutsack in the entire universe, man. Like like Mansoir today. And Marseille. And L.A. Knight, Max Dupree, right? You're going to be titillating all the ladies' juices by using Manscaped. Save big and be the most hygienic version of yourself by using our discount code SCRIPT20 for 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com. Inside this package, ladies and gentlemen, is the new Lawnmower 4.0. This electric trimmer is a Bush's worst nightmare. Just like Bruce is our worst nightmare as far as creative. The Lawnmower 4.0 is every Bush's worst nightmare. This trimmer is designed to reduce grooming accidents and shave hair on loose skin thanks to a ceramic blade and their advanced skin-safe technology. Then you got the Weed Whacker. This fine-tuned nose and ear hair trimmer will make sure all those nasty nose pubes are under control. Then they're going to throw in the Crop Preserver. It's their ball deodorant and their Crop Reviver. It's their ball toner. And you guys are going to get two free gifts when you sign up, man. Courtesy of the podcast. You're going to get a shed travel bag. And you're going to get anti-chafing Manscaped boxers. I may or may not be wearing them right now. They are comfortable. Believe me. They have a bunch of other products as well on their website to help you maximize your confidence and step up your grooming game. 20% off and free shipping. Code script 20 at manscaped.com. Make sure you guys go and use that code at checkout. That's 20% off. Free shipping at manscaped.com. It's time to level up from the Amazon and get right this summer with Manscaped, man. Manscaped.com. And I want to thank them for sponsoring and supporting the podcast right here on OTS. Hopefully the music is coming in all right for you guys, man. I couldn't stand that shit. Last time I was working from New Jersey, man, I'm here at the Jersey Shore in Atlantic City for the 4th of July weekend. And, you know, it is uh, something that was bothering me the last couple of times I streamed here. Some of you guys couldn't hear the music while I was doing the Super Chats. I would talk, and then the music would go away. And then I would not speak, and then the music would be heard. So I ho- hopefully I rectify that for you guys here on the podcast, because the music is very important to me. The music really does make the show. Anyway, moving on. We got AW Rampage to talk about. Not to spend too much time on this because most of it was taken up by a battle royal. We got a Royal Rampage battle royal. This thing was great, man. This thing was great. It took place in two rings. This was set up to use the setup that was blood and guts with the two rings. So we got Roosh, Frankie Kazarian, John Silver, Orange Cassidy, Adam Hangman Page, Kanushke Takeshita, Penta, 
Powerhouse Hobbs, Ricky Starks, Keith Lee, Swerve Strickland, Darby Allen, Dustin Rhodes, The Butcher, The Blade, Max Caster, Tony Nese, Matt Hardy, Dante Martin, and Brody King. You got to give it to Tony Khan, man. You got to give it to Tony Khan because he could have easily said, no, fuck a battle royal. I'm just going to work out of one ring. But Tony Khan wanted to utilize both of these rings, and he made it a situation where it would tie into Wednesday's Dynamite. So we had 10 men in one ring. We had 10 men in the other. They were color-coordinated, red and blue. So all 20 guys coming out every 60 seconds, like a, like a Royal Rumble. The last time we've seen 60 seconds in a Royal Rumble was, I believe, the 1995 Royal Rumble, which coincidentally was one of the worst Royal Rumbles that they've ever produced. I did not like the 60-second timer. I was always fond of the two-minute timer. Uh, then, they, then they upped it to 90 seconds. It's been 90 seconds ever since. So it was a battle royal with Royal Rumble rules. One guy comes out every 60 seconds, and they rotate red and blue. There's 10 guys in one ring and 10 guys in the other. And when we get down to the final two, whoever is the final man in the blue ring and the final man in the red ring, then they go into one ring, and then they try and eliminate each other, and whoever eliminates who is the winner of the battle royal. I thought it was a great concept. I thought it was a great concept. And I like these little mini gimmick matches that Tony Khan books for the show, and I had no problem with it. He wanted to utilize the two rings, and he did exactly that, and he gave us a very entertaining battle royal where I usually say, and I'm very outspoken about battle royals, I do not like battle royals. I do not like generic battle royals, but this one was more like a Royal Rumble battle royal with battle royal rules. So I, I enjoyed it. I really did. The talent in this battle royal was good for what it... Uh, what it meant and what was on the line this battle royal and who was in it was good the winner itself let's talk about the winner in Brody King Brody King is the new number one contender right now for the interim AEW World Heavyweight Championship and we're going to speed it up here man um, I don't want to go through all the eliminations because uh, I mean you guys don't really care about uh, who was in it and who was eliminated and how they were eliminated it's a fucking battle royal Okay. so we had Brody King Come out, he was number 10 for his group, and Orange Cassidy was number 10 for his group. So these were the final two guys that were in the Battle Royal. King eliminated Dante Martin with a chop, and Paige and Dustin Rhodes double-teamed Brody King to get him out. Obviously, he was the biggest man in his ring. Cassidy hit both Butcher and Blade, who were in, at the same time with a Hurricanrana. Takeshita, who looks great. I want to see more Takeshita, okay? More Takeshita on my TV screen. Countered a spinning DDT from Cassidy with a brain buster while Rhodes was eliminated. Butcher and Blade then eliminated Takeshita. I wouldn't have minded if Takeshita won the battle royal and we got Takeshita versus John Moxley for the interim AEW championship. Regardless. So, at this point, I don't know what had happened. It was very bizarre. Uh, we got rapid fire eliminations. At this point, everybody was literally just going over the top rope. So... Strickland eliminated Orange Cassidy. Lee Hobbs eliminated uh, Lee Hobbs. Uh, Lee uh, eliminated Hobbs. Starks eliminated Keith Lee. Uh, Butcher and Blade eliminated Strickland. Page eliminated Starks. And Brody King eliminated Adam Page to win his ring, which was the red ring. Page was going for the buckshot Larry. And Brody King legitimately launched himself by splashing himself onto Page. And Page just fucking collapsed to the outside, man. It looked vicious. In the blue ring, 
Darby Allen eliminated both Butcher and Blade. So we're down to Brody King and Darby Allen. Of course we are. King gave Allen a doctor bomb, then hit him with a cannonball in the corner. Allen got King on the apron, but King grabbed a rear naked choke and held this guy over the apron, almost legitimately choking the life out of him, man. It looked like Brody King hung him in the gallows, is what it looked like, man. Absolutely fucking brutal. And Brody King drops an unconscious Darby Allen on the floor and wins the Battle Royal. You know what I appreciated? Nobody hit underneath the ring. Nobody took a fucking nap, a power nap, a cat nap on the outside during this battle royal. Everybody was in the ring. Everybody competed. Everybody got eliminated. And there was one winner in the battle royal. Every time WWE has a battle royal, you can expect somebody to go to the outside, sleep it away, and then come in and fucking win it in a cheap way. We didn't get that here. And I appreciate that. I really do. Brody King wins it, and I have no problem with Brody King winning the Battle Royal. Why don't I have a problem with Brody King winning the Battle Royal? Brody King winning the Battle Royal means he's going up against John Moxley. That, to me, is a very intriguing match. Brody King is a very large guy. John Moxley is a fucking bulldog, man. John Moxley will fight you no matter how much you weigh and what size you are. It is going to be a fucking fight for John Moxley. Brody King is going to be put over big by John Moxley. Just being in the ring with John Moxley and him getting a world championship, Brody King gets elevated just a little bit. It elevates the House of Black just a little bit, being that he is associated on Dynamite with the AW champion and in that ring vying for the AW championship. But what it means to me is that I know the House of Black is going to be present on Wednesday night. Whether Malachi's there, whether, whether uh, Julia Hart is there, whether Buddy Matthews is there. Any number of them will be there. House of Black is going to be there, and what I hope to see is we get the beginning stages of the Blackpool Combat Club versus House of Black. I know Jesse and I have talked about this. Trios titles, trios titles, trios titles. Who are we going to make the first inaugural Trios champions in AEW when Tony Khan unveils these championships, which we know are already made. He is just waiting to unveil them. Who are we going to make the Trios champions? It's either one of these two teams. It's either one of these two teams. It's either the House of Black or it's either the Blackpool Combat Club. I know he says he's waiting for Kenny Omega to come back. I know he wants the elite to be a part of that. But right now we're looking at House of Black and Blackpool Combat Club. If we do get a tournament, And this is what we're leading to. This should be the finals. These should be the two teams vying for those trios championships. These are the two. These could be the two biggest stables in all of AEW right now. And that's the direction that we need to go. I know people have been clamoring for this because of Malachi's background and him being an ex-WWE guy and Buddy Matthews being an ex-WWE guy and Brody King being as fucking intimidating as he is against the Blackpool Combat Club, which is Cesaro, Claudio, John Moxley, and Brian Danielson, all WWE guys. I mean, it writes itself. It writes itself. Malachi himself works the style of the Blackpool Combat Club. I would love for him, being a WWE guy, to intimidate and mind trick the WWE guys. I think this would be a great fucking feud. I do. It's a money feud. 
Hopefully Tony Khan realizes that and sees it because the fan base sees it. Brody King winning, I think that's a great move. Could have went to Adam Page. Could have went to Takeshita. Could have went to Swerve. It could have went to Keith Lee. We could have seen Keith Lee and Swerve as the final two in their ring. They were in separate rings. I believe Swerve was in the red ring and Brody King was in the blue ring. Could have been Swerve and Keith Lee. Could have got Keith Lee winning and Keith Lee battling John Moxley for the world championship or Swerve or Darby Allen or somebody. Could have been legitimate. Could have been Ricky Starks. Could have been Powerhouse Hobbs. It went to Brody King. It went to Brody King for a reason. It went to Brody King because Tony Khan, I do believe, is going to be setting up House of Black versus the Blackpool Combat Club. Young Bucks, they defeated Hiroki Goto and Yoshi Hashi for the, uh, it wasn't for the AW Tag Team Championships, it was a championship contenders match. As the Bucks said on Wednesday, if Yoshi Hashi and Hiroki Goto can beat us, then we will give them a tag team title match. This was fun. It's a Young Bucks match. Goto caught Nick with a Yushigoroshi. Yoshihashi caught Nick with a super kick out of a second Yushigoroshi for another near fall. Matt and Nick sent Goto to a super kick party. He had a great time. Knocked him into the other ring. Nick then hit a double springboard from the first ring into the second on Goto. And then the Bucks hit a unbelievable looking Meltzer driver on Yoshihashi with Nick jumping from one ring into the other ring and then delivering the Meltzer driver, or at least his portion of the Meltzer driver. That was quite the finish there. One, two, three, and we got the Young Bucks retaining, or not retaining, it wasn't a title match. Young Bucks defeating uh, Yoshi Hashi and Hiroki Goto. Very fun match. Tony Storm and Nyla Rose in the main event. Nyla Rose is with Marina Shafir. Uh, Nyla Rose is the number one contender for the AEW Women's Championship. I don't know why. I don't know how. What has she done since she's lost since the Thunder Rosa match? She hasn't been on Dynamite, but here she is, the number one contender for the AW Women's Championship. Said this once, I'm going to say it again. The match is on Dark, and Dark Elevation should not count towards what they do against the champions. It looks ridiculous. It's only... It's only them trying to be statistical and analytical, but when I see that and I see them on Dynamite getting a title match, I don't know who they've beaten. I don't know what their record is or how many fucking wins they shrunk together. It looks like a WWE production and somebody just showing up randomly getting a fucking title match for the sake of getting a title match. The wins on Dynamite are the only thing that should matter when it means who's challenging for the championship. That's my opinion there. I don't know. Who, who did Nyla beat? Who has Nyla beated to get back to being a number one contender? So Tony Storm is number three. Fans were, uh, I saw some fans leaving the match or leaving the building. I mean, I don't really blame them. Probably a long night. They were probably drained from the blood and guts and this match didn't really do anything to keep anybody's interest. So Storm dodged a cannonball in the corner. She then followed up with her hip attack in the corner, which, oh, I mean, it's fucking devastating, man. That, uh, that hip attack is devastating. So Marina Shafir interfered again. She tried to pull Nyla Rose out of the ring after the hip attack. Storm was able to send Rose to the floor. Then she took both Rose and Shafir down with a double DDT. Rose shrugged off a spinning DDT attempt and went for a beast bomb, but Storm flipped through into a sunset flip attempt. Rose 
hit a thrust kick for a near fall. Rose went for a diving knee drop, but Storm ducked it and hit a German suplex for a near fall. Shafir once again tried to interfere. Storm kicked off Shafir and hit a spinning DDT on Rose. And then hit another DDT on Rose to get to the pinfall. So that was pretty much it. Tony Storm wins. Tony Storm is going to be in the rankings and in the top discussion for the AW Women's Championship, which I'm happy to see. Uh, I would rather Storm be there than Nyla Rose at this point. Uh, Nyla Rose just feels very cold to me. We haven't seen a lot of her on Dynamite, so I don't really associate Nyla with the Women's Championship just because she hasn't been on Dynamite. Tony, it's a different story. She's been on Dynamite. She's challenged on the Rose. She had a great match. She's been winning on Dynamite and winning when it matters. So, yes, hopefully this moves her into the number one spot. Nyla Rose moves down to the number three. I don't, I don't know how it works. Maybe Tony Storm moves up to the number two, and then Nyla Rose moves down to the number three. I don't know how that works, but Tony Storm winning is the right call here. She beats Nyla Rose in the main event. After the match, Marie Shafir and Rose double-team Storm, but Thunder Rosa ran in to make the save. So we have uh, more Tony and more Thunder, which I'm not really upset about whatsoever. So more Tony and more Thunder. All right, my books. Wednesday's Dynamite. Street fight for the TNT title. Scorpio Sky versus Wardlow. I do think we will see a new TNT champion. Butcher and Blade versus Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland. That's going to be a great match to just get Keith Lee and Swerve some momentum on their way to hopefully getting Ricky Starks and Powerhouse Hobbs. I'd like to see the Young Bucks before they get the FTR match at double, or not double nothing, at, uh, at All Out. Before we get Young Bucks versus FTR at All Out, I'd love to see the Young Bucks defend the titles against Keith Lee and Swerve and then maybe use that as a catalyst to break them up. Uh, Christian Cage and Luchasaurus will appear. That's always entertaining. I can't wait for that. And John Moxley versus Brody King for the interim AEW Championship. Should be a uh, solid AEW Dynamite on Wednesday night. Thank you guys very much for all of your support, man. Thank you very much. Um, again, you know, I feel I feel really stupid. Uh, normally, I I don't come on here and normally I don't come on here and feel bad about the things that I say. Um, I'm very I'm very open and very honest and very passionate about the sport of wrestling. But um, you know, for me to get a phone call from from Brian over at House of Glory and and Red, I'm hearing, you know, being upset because of what I posted on social media. You know, a lot of you guys don't realize that, you know, Thea, Thea and Red are, are related. And I did not mean it to come off in the way that it did. You know, uh, I have a big mouth. Sometimes I have a big mouth and sometimes that big mouth gets me into trouble. But the last thing I ever wanted to do is upset Brian and Red, because they trust me and they expect me to be at a professional level when I'm dealing with House of Glory. And it came off in a way where I disrespected Thea, and I I did not want to do that. And I I don't want to create an environment, and I felt bad this entire show, you know. I I talked about it in the beginning, and and I I sat here, and and I managed to get through this, this podcast, and I... It bothered me the whole show because the last thing I want is, is for anybody, especially those two, to be upset. And the last thing that I want is, is Thea to be, or Zelina, to be upset when 
she wants to come to a House of Glory show or Malachi wants to work her husband a House of Glory show. And I don't want them to feel intimidated or upset or have this, this negativity surrounding them because of things I previously said and things I've previously done. And I apologize again to her, to Thea, for what I said on social media. I, I did not mean to blab to the world what should have been a private conversation. I did not mean to make her look like a bad person. Uh, I did not mean to cause any problems because we have a lot going on and I don't want to be the root of that problem. Because I myself have worked very hard to do what I do and I don't want to be a reason why uh, House of Glory doesn't get where they need to be. So if Thea is listening to this, I sincerely apologize once again for what I said on social media. I apologize to everybody listening, and I hold 100% accountability for what I did. And I apologize to Red. Never would I ever in a thousand lifetimes betray the trust of Red uh, and Brian of House of Glory because they've trusted me with my voice and my professionalism to do good by the company. And I don't want any problems uh, as far as that is concerned. And uh, you will uh, not have any more problems from this point on. So if Thea wants to show up at Terminal 5, I would love to publicly apologize to her in person as well, one-on-one, and just kind of bury the hatchet here because I did say uh, a couple of uh, mean-spirited things when we talked about her, uh, her contract situation. It only came from a good place. It came from a very good place because we care about what she does. And hopefully I have the opportunity to uh, shake her hand and uh, bygones be bygones. So I apologize to everybody involved, Thea, Black, uh, Red, and Brian XL once again. Anyway, guys, um, let's get into the Super Chats, man. I'm sweating bullets. Sweating bullets here. Um, let's get into the Super Chats. And I'm sure Jesse's going to be texting me, what do I do now? What do I do now? I'm an asshole, bro. What do you expect? What did I do now? What, what, what didn't I do? Uh, no, Robert. No, Robert. That's not the case at all. <laughs> no, Robert. I just have a big mouth and people were very upset at me today. I have a big mouth, bro. And people and people are very upset at me at this point, And I'm trying to smooth things over. It's my job now. Anyway, let's get into the Super Chats. Uh, thank you guys very much. 800 likes. We need uh, 200 more. Let's try for 1,000. Get those Super Chats in. Continue to get them on in, man. Great way to support Super Chats. Super Chat line is yours. It's open. Ask me anything. New members, hit that join button down below. Become a new member of the OTS VIP Club, a channel member right here on the podcast. And check out Manscaped. Manscaped.com, code script 20 at checkout. 20% off and free shipping, man. Gotta love that Manscaped. Let's start at the top, man. We're going to start with, I can get my YouTube in order here. We, uh, I'm sure it's Joseph Taylor. I'm sure it's Joseph Taylor, man. Joseph Taylor loves to be the first in the venue. But I tell you, Joseph Taylor with a fight I'll see. If there's anything I know, man, Joseph Taylor's first in line every, every night. JD, did you ever watch the guys from Get My Go trying to bury you back in January of this year? No. 
Now, I don't talk about that, man. Uh, the king doesn't talk about the peasants. So that's that. Jeremy Harris, $10 Super Chat. What's up, JD? Hope you enjoyed your trip to Chicago. I wish I could have met you. That's my home city, my job as a truck driver. I'm always busy. I truly support your podcast. You are the best. Cheers, brother. Thank you so much, man. Thank you so much. Derek Anawahi with a $10 Super Chat. I'm back. Ooses, $10. Go get you a beer, LOL, or a few. Derek, that'll buy me, especially during happy hour, man. That'll buy me two beers. Two beers, man. Thank you so much, brother. Everybody else is the twos, and Derek is the one. Jay Coyle, $5 UK Super Chat. There is literally zero explanation for tonight's Battle Royal. If they wanted a Battle Royal, then have it be a qualifying match. WWE hurts my brain. Yes, that's what they're known for, brother. Manny with two Super Chats, a 20 and a 5. Thank you, Manny, for the 25. All I'm going to say is OTS is greater than SmackDown. Also, JD, you called it with the maximum male models. I think it's fair to say that you are the Nostradamus of the IWC. You better fucking believe it, man. You better believe it, man. It's not that difficult to be the Nostradamus. Everybody can be the Nostradamus, but they're too fucking stupid to realize what they're watching. Also, he says, everybody's excited for the biggest scam of the summer, also known as Summer Scam. No. I'm not excited for SummerSlam whatsoever, man. I don't think I've been excited for SummerSlam in over a decade. Plus, 15 years, maybe. Michelle Moran with a $2 Super Chat. With or without Roman, SmackDown sucks. My pick for Money in the Bank is Sammy. I could see Sammy winning Money in the Bank. I could see Sammy winning Money in the Bank. He's not going to, but I could see it. Tony Brown with a $5 Super Chat. Sexy Kayla and lovely Tony. That's all you need, man. And we got a a Thunder sighting tonight. So that's all you need, man. All you need. Tony Brown also with $5 Super Chat. He says, delicious, Tony. You said it, I didn't, Tony. Dickens Dumont with a $5 Super Chat. This is for Lori Lynch. JD, please pray for their brother fighting the fight for life in the hospital. Keep your head up, Lori. Never quit. Dickens Dumont. I'm sorry to hear that, brother. Everybody in the OTS venue, man. Thoughts and prayers and prayer emojis up for Lori Lynch and her brother who's in the hospital right now. Thoughts and prayers from the OTS family, Dickens, to uh, Lori and her brother. Nicholas Allen with a 1999 Super Chat. TK told us in Detroit that he had originally planned Phoenix and Penta versus Roosh and Andrade, but Phoenix was sick, so he came up with the Royal Rampage. The Royal Rampage ended up being a great substitute. Tony Khan is a smart motherfucker, man. He really is. That would have been awesome. That's a pay-per-view level match, man. I would not even think about doing that on a fucking rampage. Penta and Phoenix versus Rush and Andrade? Come on now. Nicholas Allen also with a 999 Super Chat. An annoying guy sitting behind me criticized Brody winning the battle roll, saying that he hasn't been built up enough. Before that, he complained about the outcome would be predictable. LOL. 
smart mark geek in the crowd who doesn't know what he's watching proved wrong. Color me shocked, Nicholas. Color me shocked. It was unpredictable, and he looked great in the battle royal. So he was built up in the process. Also, Nicholas Allen becomes a new member in the venue. Nicholas, what the fuck are you drinking tonight, brother? Thank you so much. Otis, with an eight-month membership. Proud to be a part of the best IWC family ever. JD, keep doing you, and just know we will always be family. Love every single last one of y'all. OTS for life. Thank you, Otis. I would not have anybody else outside the venue, man, bouncing for the OTS venue. Brother, you're going to need to fucking put in some overtime, man. This beer garden is massive, bro. Massive. But the cold beverages, man, there are a couple of different ways to get yourself a cold beverage and do it in style in the beer garden. I can't wait to show you guys this fucking beer garden, man. So you thought the venue, I love the venue. I think the venue looks fucking great, but this beer garden, man, is on another level. I can't wait. Nicholas Allen with a $4.99 super chat. By the way, I'll take one taco and a glass of ginger ale. I'll be sitting next to Tony Brown talking about the science of booty meat. Nicholas, Tony Brown is the professor of booty meat, man. He's got a fucking thesis in booty meat. It's a good time there, man. And only one taco? As long as it's not Jesse's tacos, you'll be fine. You can get a Thunder Rosa taco outside the venue in just a couple of weeks. Moretz becomes a two-month member. In the OTS VIP Club. Moritz, thank you so much. Thank you very much for the two months. JP5150 with a $10 super. You're not going to lie, JD. That Maximum Male Failures segment was by far the most hilarious thing I've seen in literally 30 years watching WWE. SmackDown Project Runway Edition. Show still sucked, as usual. Bro, it was uh, it was embarrassingly bad that I could not turn away from it at all. W-U-J with a 999 Super Chat. I was there live for Dynamite and Rampage. I had a great experience at Little Caesars Arena. Also, I'm a new patron today, and it is my birthday. Cheers. W-U-J Money with a 999 Super Chat. Happy birthday, brother. What the fuck are you drinking? If you're old enough to drink. Birthday cake emojis and a whiskey glass emoji for W-U-J Money. Paul Van Tassel with a $5 super chat. To all of the OTS family, have a safe 4th of July holiday week. You too, Paul Van Tassel. I appreciate you, man. Thank you so much. The Visionary with a $4.99 super chat. Got blocked on Twitter by Natalia for calling her boring. Also, could you post the Discord link for the new VIPs? And I'll take a Capri Sun. Bro, I don't know if we have Capri Sun in the venue, man. How about I just give you an orange juice and call it a day, bro? Or or would you prefer grapefruit juice, cranberry juice? No, no Capri. Jesse, we got Capri Suns. No, 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 no. It's not for me, Geek. I'm not four years old. No Capri Sun? Okay. 
No Capri Sun. I'm sorry. Uh, I'm sorry, Visionary. I got. We got peach juice, so you can mix orange and peach juice for uh, Visionary. I think you'll fantastic. You, yeah, do it. Yeah, shut up, man. Fucking tacos. Can't wait to fucking boot you out of the venue, man. You're gonna you're gonna be seeing Thunder Rose's taco truck and not Jesse's taco truck in a couple of days, man. Yeah, I'm gonna see a bitch about that next. And there's sour cream there. This fucking guy. Um, the visionary with an uh, 199 super chat, guys. I left a comment on WWE's Twitter and she DM me. What? Who DM'd you, visionary? Did Natalia DM you? AEW Mark 2018 Fight Super Chat. What's your take with Santana leaving AEW and having beef with Ortiz while he's posting of days leaving according to Sean Ross Sapp? I don't know, man. If Santana leaves AEW and wants to leave AEW, there's a reason why he wants to leave AEW and will support him wherever he goes. I just hope that he's not seriously injured. Dr. Buck with the 499 Super Chat. Who do you think is the better tag team? Young Bucks or FTR and Y? FTR and Y, they're more my style. They're more my style. They're more scientific. And they got the better theme music. And I think they're the better promo. Red Raven Rucker with a 199 Super Chat. Hey, I'm glad to be a VIP, and I'm a big fan of AEW. We're happy to have you here in the VIP club, man, and we're all fans of AEW. Thank you. Gary the New Man with a $5 Super Chat. But, but, but the momentum, JD, LOL. This show is garbage. SmackDown sucks, bro. It sucks every week. You guys should know what to expect in SmackDown. Dr. Buck with the 199 Super Chat. Pat told Corbin you won a meaningless battle royal. Pat McAfee dropping the truth bomb on Baron Corbin. Right underneath everybody's nose, man. It was a meaningless battle royal. Brylan Williams with a $5 Super Chat. The Velveteen Marseille. It's exactly what it is, man. Now that you mention it, I could absolutely see it. For sure. It's kind of Velveteen Dream-esque. Minus all the charisma that Patrick Clark had. Pizza Turd. New membership. Thank you, Pizza Turd. I appreciate you, bro. It's quite the uh, avatar you got there. Looks like a shit emoji covered in pizza. I don't know where you guys from uh, come from, but welcome to the VIP club, man. What are you drinking? Hopefully it... Uh, hopefully you have better... Uh, alcoholic tastes than you do uh, avatars. Manny with a $5 super chat. WWE creative needs to book the maximum male models as the undisputed tag team champions or people will riot. I'm so, I would be shocked if the maximum male models are still employed by the end of the year. John with a 499 super chat. Thoughts on George Carlin and Sam Kennison. Good for their time. George Carlin, man, he was like a fucking modern-day Nostradamus, and everything he said pretty much is playing out in real life, man. He knew what he was talking about then. My favorite comedian is Andrew Dice Clay. 
Jimmy Milenko with a three-month membership. Thank you for the recommitment, brother. Any mean greets mid-July. I'm on holiday in New York City from the 18th. Jimmy, no. No meet and greets, man. No meet and greets unless there's a show accompanying the meet and greet, man. Carlos LV with a 199 Super Chat. Shout out to you, Jay. The OTS for life. Thank you, Carlos. The Visionary with a 199 Super Chat. The new Momentum Champion. Happy Corbin. DJ Foot Clan with a $5 Super Chat. Rep the OTS shirt at AEW Wednesday. Detroit loves you. I see House of Black versus BCC being the feud that brings the trio's titles. You and I on the same wavelength, man. DJ Foot Clan, I love to see OTS repped in any city, man. And Detroit, you guys were awesome, man. I appreciate Detroit very, very much. Jack Lou with a $50 super chat. Thank you, Jack Lou. I really want to take my two-year-old son to Raw at MSG, but they are so bad, it's probably not worth it. Freaking cost $700 a ticket for floor seats. AEW is great, but it's too violent for my son. Do you recommend a house show? I've never been to one. That's tough, Jack. Um, thank you for the $50, number one. It's a lot of money. Thank you so much, brother. Uh, number two, $700 for floor seats for a house show are, is totally not worth it, dude. I, I would not I would not spend money on floor seats like that. If it was a pay-per-view or a, a major show, yes. If you thought your son would enjoy it and you felt like it was worth it and you could afford it, Yes. A house show, I can't really justify in a house show because nothing happens at a house show. It's basically what you see on TV every week. Just play out in front of you and they give them more time because there's no commercials and they're not restricted and they're not really running a fucking Raw or SmackDown. You're basically going to be getting what you see on TV. Rematches that you've already seen three, four, five, six, seven times already. AEW, I get that it's too violent for your son. But once he's of age, I hope that you introduce him to AEW. When he's of age, I hope that he is somebody that enjoys AEW because we have to support all wrestling. And AEW definitely needs the fan support. Um, I would not. I would not, bro. If I recommend something, you know, I know I'm in Atlantic City right now. And I think the WWE is coming to, uh, I think they're coming to the Hard Rock. In August, you take your son there. I went to a Hard Rock house show for WWE, man. Any seat is a good seat in the house. I recommend looking into that. Tickets tickets are probably cheap. And uh, it'll be the same, man. Not MSG, man. You're going to be spending too much money for MSG. You get the same fucking house show at the Hard Rock Casino in Atlantic City. Uh... Fallen exposure with a five-dollar super chat. I think the producers believe the formulaic booking is something the fans want to see, like someone performing their signature moves. Unreal, bro. The formulaic booking of WWE Raw and SmackDown is probably one of the worst things about the show. Period. Shayla becomes a new member. Shayla, thank you so much. What are you drinking? Shakoy with a $2 super chat. Jim Cornette is a clown. OC is the best. OTS for life. Jim Cornette. 
FTR says is nothing more than a gimmick. Fuck Jim Cornette, man. I don't care. Uh, Silent. Silent One with a five-month membership. Glad to be back in the venue. JD does Silent Zero better than Silent One. Am I Silent Zero? I can't be silent, man. I got too much of a fucking mouth. I got a big mouth. Just to tell with a five dollar super chat. Denise is a five out of ten. I prefer short Asian girls like Riho. I'm sorry to hear that, Justin Taylor. Mike New York with a three dollar super chat. Paul Heyman back on creative. Get rid of Bruce. I don't know where you heard that, but I'll look into it. I'll look into it, man. Could be a Stephanie McMahon Triple H initiative. Firestorm Goku, 199 Super Chat. TK is one creepy dude. What's with the hugging? You'd be fucking lucky to get a hug from TK, man. Cut the shit. Golden Boy with a $5 Super Chat. JD, you might have a big mouth, but we listen, though. But it takes bigger balls to be a man. Come on here and apologize. Mistakes happen. I applaud you. Respect. Thank you, Golden Boy. Hopefully, uh, Zelina thinks so as well. That's the only thing that matters. Mike, New York with a $3 Super Chat. Beer Garden, more hype than Summer Scam. You know it. We'll have the Beer Garden for SummerSlam, I'll tell you that. Chelsea with the Canadian $2 Super Chat. Happy 4th of July weekend, Canada Day. Hashtag OTS for life. Happy 4th of July, Chelsea. Happy Canada. Canada Day. Francis Loop with a $10 Super Chat. It's hard for people to stay live after Dynamite for Rampage's taping. Why doesn't AEW go to the WrestleMania route and have two nights every week in the city? Tuesday at 8 p.m. to 10 p.m. would be for Ring of Honor. I don't know, man. Rampage, we've been saying this. The community's been saying it, man. Rampage, it still, it still feels like it's in its introductory phase. Rampage needs to be live. Not two hours. It needs to be its version of SmackDown. Where Dynamite is Monday Night Raw. It needs to be their version of SmackDown. Hoyt Reynolda with a 499 Super Chat. Can you call my friend Eric a goon? He thinks that the Revile are retired and FTR are copycat versions. Who the fuck is the Revile? The Revival? Does he really think that The Revival and FTR are two different fucking people? Or two different tag teams? I don't even know if Goon is worth calling him, Hoyt. He may sound like a fucking half-witted idiot. Michael Bertoni with a $5 super chat. JD, will you ever come back to Pittsburgh? Yeah, when Brian Goolish invites me back, bro. Also, chowing down on my Corona Extra. How do you chow down on a Corona? Does that mean you're eating the glass bottle that it came in? Maybe that's your thing, man. I don't know. Silent one. $2 Super Chat. I was referring to my name in the last Super Chat. Yes, I got the gist of that silent one. Thank you. I am Silent Zero. You're Silent One. I get it. Thank you. Jesse says the current AEW schedule gives the talent more time at home with their families. 
Jesse's gonna be spending more time at home with his family when Thunder Rosa fucking pile drives him into the concrete. Maybe I deserve to get pile drived by fucking Thea, Zelina, at the next House of Glory show. Maybe Malachi will give me a black mask, man. I don't know. Maybe I deserve it. I don't know. Anyway, guys, we're about to get out of here. We're about to get out of here, man. Thank you for a great night. I appreciate you guys very, very much. Jesse, we're moving out of the venue in a couple of days, man. So uh, I'm going to need you to clean up, okay? We're going to the boardwalk, bro. Make sure you got your party hat on, okay? And bring some sunscreen. It's going to be hot. Hey, man, listen. If Malachi wants to mist me in the eyes, man, I'll let him do it. Seriously. Anyway, I apologize again. I apologize sincerely to uh, to Thea and and uh, and Malachi and Red and Black and uh, Brian. Got a big mouth, man. I apologize for my big mouth. Anyway, um, I appreciate you guys very very much. Thank you for listening to me rant tonight. Thank you for listening to me uh, own up to my mistakes, mistakes that should have never happened. Thank you to everybody that supported me. Go check out the extra from today. Talk about Logan Paul. Talk about Jeff Hardy. Talk about EO leaving WWE. Jimmy Belenko. Meant to ask before, by the way. How do you choose what questions to ask? E.G., why not ask Tony why Rampage isn't live? You talk about it in each review. It's a dumb question, bro. It's a dumb question. I can't waste my question like that on Tony Khan. And poor Diva stuck with Alfred the Clown tonight. Yeah, I feel sorry for Issa. I do. I wish she wasn't there, but Glenn's a good dude. Alfred. Alfred's a fucking cocksucker, man. What a fucking shit content creator. Anyway, guys, I'm getting out of here. Thank you guys so very much. Give me those guitar emojis in the chat, and I need that music on Max. I'll see you guys tomorrow for Money in the Bank. I'll see you guys later. Oh, 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 oh,